This guy thinks he's too drunk to take his recovered car home. And here comes the captain. He's holding a chicken wing. And there, was, there must have been like a Bears game on or something because there was a bunch of them like gathered around the TV. And uh, he was like, let me see your eyes. Let me see your eyes. You're fine. Just go. You're go. Like, okay. Hey, listen up, everybody. No one pull him over for the next two miles. Outside of that, okay, then it's free reign. Then it's on him. All right, we'll give you a head start. There you go. <laughs> That probably would be an excuse that would work on mm-hmm. actual Chicago cut where you get pulled over. Like, have you been drinking? I have, but uh, <laughs> your commanding there. officer, <laughs> Tommy back there, says, uh, told me to get the hell out of the lot. <laughs> so that's why I'm on the roads, officer. Just, They're probably like, that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Just doing what I was told. <laughs> The car was in better shape. That's hilarious. Different license plate completely. Anyway, this is this is close <laughs> enough, right? This is so yeah. good. Welcome to the Blackout Diaries, a show where stand-up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. I'm your host, Sean Flannery. And I am CJ Sullivan, and uh, we are here on the Blackout Diaries, where each week we would cover a different topic that includes a story that uh, got away from us that also involves, uh, usually involves drinking, doesn't have to. Today's, today's theme is prisons, jails. Pretty can- easy to land there when you're drinking. Yep. Physically or in your mind, as they uh, <laughs> sometimes trying to get out of a bar is like being in a prison. I mean, you there's know? prisons all around us. We're all trying to just break free from prisons, <laughs> and uh, we have a great story from uh, Blackout Diary staple Alex Joyce from Chicago, legendary mm-hmm. Chicago drinker. Basically, yes, he's he's just clocks in, buddy. That's yeah, what we call him, the working man. Yeah, and he's got a hilarious story of spending an overnight in an Alabama jail, an Alabama slammer jail. Yeah, definitely, I, I would say uh, if you were to list the states you want to land in jail, that's not mm-hmm. near the top. I like I like places that are known for like when you say you're going somewhere, like, oh, don't get arrested down yeah, there, yeah, like Turkey or <laughs> yeah, you know. Mexico. And Alabama's like closer to those third world countries, absolutely. You know? Like right. you do not want to get arrested there. <laughs> you know, they can do whatever they want down there. <laughs> they do whatever they want. <laughs> So that would be great. So um, Sean Flannery, who creates the Black Guitar, you are, you, you are, I would say you are um, qualified to talk about this. You, you have, you're kind of a unicorn how you stumble. You have a get out of jail free card permanently. You, you some, because you do plenty of things that should be, should have landed you there, but you, <laughs> you stumble upon roses and get out. You, you know what? Uh, I attribute that to CJ. I don't spend a lot of time debating. Okay. Like if yes. uh, I'm in a car that hit a tree and a lot of people are like, what do we do? What do we do? I just start walking. If you see <laughs> you know? if, if you see a lot of those, like a lot of arrest videos and drunk videos, you know, where, where drunks are getting arrested. Yeah. When they're yelling things like, I know my rights. Yeah. You, the, the cops are giving you a chance often to walk away. They give you a, they give you a little leeway early on. And once they once they realize, you're, OK, he's just not going to change like this. <laughs> <laughs> now I am going to violate your rights, <laughs> you know, just to get this thing over with because they're dealing with drugs. You know, anyone who yells, by the way, anyone in time who yells, I know my rights, does not know their rights usually. Yeah, or the Constitution. Yeah. The <laughs> Constitution says, I don't need to leave this bar. It's like, really? What amendment is that, sir? I'm allowed to do this. I'm allowed to do You can't touch. What's your badge number? You know, yeah, yeah asking for badge. Asking for badge numbers and names. Yeah, maybe that is the law, but that doesn't. it's not what applies here in real life. Walk away. That's my advice. It's what I live by. I've mm. never landed in jail for that reason. Um, my co-host has also never landed in jail because you elected to do an option that I didn't even know existed in the modern world. You were on a actual chain gang. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> a functioning chain gang working on highways. Sam so Cooke like style. Bruce, like yep. a, yeah, Sam Cooke, a Bruce Springsteen song, you know? Like... <laughs> And this yeah. was like I knew you at this point in time. This was modern Chicago chain gang. It was we'll modern Chicago later. same time. Yeah, we're doing a little swap. We'll get into that after the break, though. But for right now, sit back as we open up another chapter of the Blackout Diaries and listen to the great tale of Mr. Alex Joyce. 
One more time for your host, Sean Flannery, everybody. Guys, I want to tell you about the time I spent the night in jail in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, I went to college at the University of Alabama. Thank you. For those of you who don't know, it's an academic powerhouse. It's a center for learning. Uh, my sophomore year at Alabama, uh, my girlfriend and I went to a bar called Cheap Shots uh, where they were inexplicably having a special on gin and tonics. <laughs> now, up to that point, I had never drank gin before. Uh, so I had no way to know that gin turns me into an awful monster person. Yeah. Their gin and tonic special, I was like, okay, uh, I'll try 10 of them. <laughs> okay. So uh, after uh, a bunch of gin and tonics, uh, my, girlfriend got, my girlfriend and I got into an argument, uh, which we never argued like normally. Um, I accused her of not taking 9-11 seriously enough. <laughs> Yeah. It's a weird thing to accuse anyone of, much less your girlfriend. So she left me at the bar, uh, as she should have, and uh, so now I'm just drinking gin and tonics by myself and the bartender, and he, he doesn't like me, I can tell. And uh, he was just like, all right, dude, you need to go. I think it's time for you to go. And I was like, all right. So this is the old days. This is in 2001. I had to use the bar house phone to call a taxi. Now, here's how the taxi service works in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. When you call Bill's taxi, Bill will answer. <laughs> and he will say, where are you at? I'll come to get you. <laughs> and then he never comes to get you. <laughs> and you walk home, that's how it works. So I'm walking home, and I think I'm doing pretty good. I'm out of my nut, I'm completely wasted. But then I trip and fall in front of a Burger King. And then immediately, like blue lights, cop car pulls up, cop gets out of the car, walks over to the sidewalk, I'm on the ground at the sidewalk. He stands over me and he's like, well, we were rooting for you. <laughs> But once you did the slip and slide on the sidewalk, we knew we had to come pick you up. All right. So they put the, put the bracelets on me, uh, put me in the back of the cop car, and uh, I was immediately alarmed because they were driving me in the wrong direction of my house. <laughs> and I said to them, I was like, oh, officers, uh, you can do a U-turn here by the bowling alley. I live behind the Schlotsky's Deli. You could just take me back there. They just started laughing. <laughs> and one of them was just like, so we're not taking you to your home. We're taking you to the Tuscaloosa County Jail. I was like, oh, shit, okay. So we get, uh, we get, we get to the jail, and uh, by the time we got there, I decided I like these cops. These guys are cool. And uh, I felt like they liked me, too. I was like, yeah, these guys, we got a good rapport going, me and the cops. But the people who were working in the jail are what I would call, like, like scary dumb, like scary dumb. They took my shoes, my belt, my keys, they took everything away from me. And uh, this guy's doing my fingerprints, it's fingerprints time. And uh, I'm wearing a sweatshirt that says Chicago Fire Department on it. <laughs> and this guy's just like looking at my shirt and doing my fingerprints and he goes, Chicago Fire Department? <laughs> Buddy, what are you from New York or something? <laughs> <laughs> He's in charge of my freedom. <laughs> so he walks me to the drunk tank, which is just a concrete room. A bunch of dudes asleep in there. Everybody's like hammered. Uh, there's some like scary dudes in there with tattoos. And then there's just some like, yuppie frat boy looking dudes, you know. Uh, I'm wearing my Chicago shirt, my fucking black dress socks that I, you know, I just look like an idiot. I look like the most likely to be murdered if anybody's going to be murdered. <laughs> so I sit down. And luckily, the next person they brought in there was a dude wearing pantyhose, uh, a dress, and blackface, right? Oh. 
<laughs> so all of a sudden, I'm not looking too bad, right? <laughs> this guy scans the room. He sees me. He comes and sits next to me like, we're going to be buddies. I'm scooching over towards like this Mexican dude. I'm like, all right, we're going to be friends. We don't know with this guy, right? This guy starts uh, explaining to me loudly so the whole room can hear that he was Tina Turner for Halloween. <laughs> but they took his Tina Turner wig and his water balloons. He had water balloon boobs. Uh, he didn't address the blackface probably for the better, you know. But I was barely even like listening to him. I was just like focused on, in the middle of this concrete room is a stainless steel toilet. And there's no curtain, walls, partition, no, you're not afforded any privacy if you're going to use this toilet. So I said to myself, well, I'm in a bad situation, but uh, at least I don't have to poop. <laughs> and then right then, <laughs> I had to poop. And it was immediately like an emergency situation. So I said to this Mexican dude next to me, I was just like, uh, hey, dude, uh, where's the toilet paper? And he just looked at me and he goes, no. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid so, yeah, yeah. So he points to the other side of the drunk tank and there's a dude covered in tattoos. He's using the toilet paper as a pillow. He's asleep. So I got to go wake up this murderer looking dude. But luckily his appearance didn't match his soul. He was actually very kind. He was just like, man, make sure you give it back to me when you're finished. I was like, oh dude, absolutely, man. We're a team. So now I'm on the toilet doing what I hope is the weirdest poop I ever do. Um, all these dudes, there's like, I don't know, like 12, 13 dudes, you know. And I'm in the middle of doing this poop show. And you would think nobody would want to watch, right? One guy woke up another guy and he was like, hey. hey. Look. So I'm on the toity and then this uh, lady comes in with a, like a, a clipboard and she goes, where's Alexander Grace and Joyce? And I'm like, oh, that's me, me. And she looks up from the clipboard, she's like, oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> See what I'm doing, right? She's like, I've been here for seven years. I've never seen anybody do that on that toilet. <laughs> But when you're done, you're out of here. I'm like, oh, cool, yay. So I uh, get out of there, and uh, they give me my, my belt and my shoes and my keys and my wallet, my, like, everything back, signing all this, like, paperwork. I'm like, cool, I'm almost out of here. And then, like, some, like, captain or somebody, like, yells out, like, you all make sure you breathalyze him before you release him. And I was like, there's no possible way I'm still drunk. Uh, I'm not worried about it. I do the breathalyzer. I'm still one tick over, point whatever over. They rip up the paperwork, take the belt and the shoes and the keys. They take everything back away. So now the guy who thinks that Chicago is a borough of New York <laughs> is walking me back to the drunk tank. And uh, I was like, dude, so what's the deal here? Do I just like drink a bunch of water and like do jumping jacks and we do the breathalyzer again like in a half hour? And he was like, you know, you would think, right? Uh-uh. No. State of Alabama says you'll be in here for another six hours. So then I said to him, clearly joking, I was like, dude, I don't want to go back in there. Could you just give me the death penalty, you know? And he stops to fucking think about it. Like, it's certain. He was like, um... I just don't see how that would apply in this, uh, this situation. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to get arrested, don't do it in Tuscaloosa. Thank you very much.
And we're back at the Blackout Diaries with C.J. Sullivan. I am Sean Flannery. And now in the studio, we have Alex Joyce, who you just heard from. Alex, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me here, boys. <laughs> yeah, great to have you. Great Alabama slammer story. That was hilarious. <laughs> I didn't even know you went to the University of Alabama. I was there. Why did you go to the University of Alabama? That's the first question I have to you. Uh, I, I have two older half-brothers who uh, they grew up in Dothan, Alabama. And uh, mm-hmm. I went to high school in North Carolina, and I was thinking about going to college in Illinois. And they were like, no, dude, go to Alabama. It's going to be uh, a lot more fun. So I was there for five years. Yeah, absolutely. I would definitely, <laughs> sure, it was a lot more fun. That's from the Gene Stallings days? Yeah. <laughs> <In> Alabama. <laughs> was it? No, that was when they what were was, there. Uh, was, like, yeah. was there any kind of like a culture shock? You know, you're from, you grew up in Chicago and now you're down at University of Alabama in terms of like the bar scene or anything like that. Was it all more or less the same? Or When, when I moved from the suburbs of Chicago to uh, western North Carolina, that was culture shock, being in the mountains, being in a small town. So by the time I got to Tuscaloosa, Alabama... I mean, that was like New York compared to the Appalachian Mountains. <laughs> yeah, it's true. In Appalachian. Those places, mountains are huge. You, yeah. You can live up there for like three or four years. The guy who bombed, the guy who they blamed um, Richard Jewell for, the bombings. Yeah. The, the guy who actually That's did exactly it. Eric right. Rudolph. He, yeah. um, he, he was hit, a wanted he, man yeah. for several years in the mountains. Yeah, he hid up in those mountains for like five years, and the FBI just gave up on it. And he, like, he just like he got caught because he just got bored yeah. and came down. Like, all right, he was like in a dumpster behind a restaurant or something. Like, yeah, that's me. I blew up all those yeah. abortion clinics, you guys. You guys were never gonna get me up there. I had way too much food. He was he he like, way too much. Like, it was. They even told him like, yeah, if the FBI was like, how hard can it be? Like, oh, you'll never get him up there. It's like. It's like half our damn town lives out there. Well, we're anyway. uh, Joyce. We're talking like kind of about like prison and jail uh, today with you. It, weren't you telling me you would have like crazy stories about like some of those uh, like those country boys, those mountain boys getting drunk and leading mm. the cops on like wild DUIs throughout the mountains, abandoning cars and so on? Yeah, is that you who yeah. told me that once? Yeah, yeah. I knew Your it. neighbor wasn't it? It was um, a guy. I know we'll call him Travis. He uh, was super drunk. And he was driving down this mountain road, blue lights, and uh, he just drove, uh, you know, around these, like, uh, like mountain corners, like, you can't see around the corner. And so it's not safe, like, driving on these roads. And he was, like, in a big truck. So then he quick pulled off into a ditch and just ran up into the woods and just hit up there for, like, a day and a half. And he could see the cops <laughs> with the blue lights and the flashlights, like, looking for him. And <laughs> finally, uh, they're, they're, I mean, they, they saw that it was his truck. And uh, so they found him in town, and they brought him in. They were like, we know it was you, Travis. Just go ahead and admit that it was you on the mountain road or whatever. He said, no, it wasn't me. I don't. Somebody stole my truck. Thank you guys for finding it. And they are just like, <laughs> Travis, come on. I think one of the cops was like Travis. his cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm on Travis's side on that. After 24 hours, come on. This can't be. Yeah. What's the statue on this? I lived in the fucking woods for a night for yeah. this live work. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, you can't possibly uh, have legal rights on this. Travis, what? we have photos. Well, I was kidnapped. <laughs> my, my abductor was in the passenger seat laying down. <laughs> I feel like, uh, and you kind of said that in your story, how when the cops were watching you stumble around, then you fell, and they're like, well, we were rooting for you, but, you know, you got to go to jail. I feel like it's a, an accepted game down there, cat and mouse. Listen, <laughs> if you can avoid us for a couple days and drive your car up in the woods, that, you win, all right? We'll catch yeah. you next. We know we know there'll be a next time. We'll it's catch like you real next Dukes time. of Hazard stuff. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. I feel like it's yeah. like a, kind of a wink-wink situation. Yeah, they don't want to do the paperwork. They, they want you to get away, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they give well, that, you the options. That's the one thing they kind of have in common with Chicago cops. Like, you know, I was, like, as a Chicagoan, I'm always flabbergasted that they arrested you for public intoxication. Like, could you imagine if you did that in the city of Chicago? Yeah. If you just said, public I'm going to arrest everyone who looks drunk while walking. Right. Yeah. Be everybody like, like our our yeah. jail would be bigger. I mean, you would have to build 30 more jails, you know? But, yeah. I f- uh, go ahead. <laughs> Well, I, uh, it's interesting because you, you came back to Chicago and tell them about your experience with Chicago cops. And, and they did do they do share that hatred of paperwork that you found down in the South, too. Yeah, my um, I took my car in for uh, an oil change. And uh, when I went back to um, to get it the next day, uh, they 
they were like, oh, we can't find your car. We don't know where it is. They, uh, they were like, uh, is it possible your cousin or a family member picked up your car? And I was like, what? <laughs> so um, <laughs> cops literally phoned it in. They didn't show up at the car racks on Ashland. They didn't care, right? So, But uh, one of the All cops right. who I talked to on the phone was just actually said, do you think it was an inside job, man? What do you think? And I was like, are you joking with me about my car that's stolen? All right. Inside so, job. After <laughs> Jiffy Lube is stealing cars. Yeah. For my Ford yeah. Focus? No, I don't think it's an inside job. <laughs> yeah, so after two weeks, I got a phone call, and uh, I was drinking all day. And uh, they said, yeah, you need to come down and get your car. We've, we've recovered it. And I was like, that's impossible. And I know that I was drunk because it, for a couple of seconds, I thought maybe this is the guy's. Maybe maybe these are the guys who stole my car and they're trying to like mm, you know rob yeah. me again or something. Doing that old scam. Who are you? And I yeah, actually said to scam. the cop, I was like, um, "How do I know this is you? How do I know this is the police?" And he yes. was like, "Sir, we're in a lot of hurry. I mean, we're, we've got a lot going on down here. Just come on, <laughs> come get your car. <laughs> come get your gravel." That's how you idiot. know it's a Chicago cop. Yeah, <laughs> like a, like a, like a thief would have given you a fake badge number. He would have right. worked with you. He would have done whatever's not. But a Chicago cop would just. Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we, we, are, we are. I'll the go bad out guys. and sell Fine. this car myself. Yeah. <laughs> the Do quickest way to yeah, the quickest way to anger cops is to tell them they're not a cop. <laughs> <laughs> you got to prove you're a cop to me. All right. <laughs> I drew the broad straw just to call you. Well, we weren't thinking of even calling you up. We were going to scrap this fucking thing. <laughs> That's so so all right. Then what happens? He tells you he's not going to prove anything. Then well yeah. Then I I just was like I guess this is the police. So I took a taxi to the uh, police station and um, it was like the cops were having like a party down there. They just didn't like really like care about me or my car. But one guy walked me across the street and I was like, yep, that's my car. And the car was like in better shape than when I had it. They like fixed a window. It's <laughs> like all right, great. Uh, and. So, yeah, they're making me sign all this stuff, like initial things. And I was like, you know, I've been drinking for at least like five, six hours. Like, I'm, I'm drunk right now. And they're just like, yeah, 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 <laughs> sign right here, sign right here, whatever. <laughs> and they were like, here you go. Here's the keys. Bye. There's your car. And I was like, sir, I don't want to get a DUI right outside of a police station. I mean, I've been drinking, you know. And uh, that's when uh, he, like, yelled out to this uh, cop who's maybe the captain or something. I don't know. And he was like, Captain, this, this guy thinks he's too drunk to take his recovered car home. And here comes the captain. He's holding a chicken wing, and there, was, there must have been like a Bears game on or something, because there was a bunch of them like gathered around the TV. And uh, he was like, "Let me see your eyes. Let me see your eyes. You're fine. Just go. You go. Like, okay. Hey, listen up, everybody. No one pull him over for the next two miles. <laughs> Outside of that, okay, then it's free reign. Then it's on him. All right, we'll give you a head start. There you go. <laughs> That probably would be an excuse that would work on mm -hmm. actual Chicago cop. Where you get pulled over, like, have you been drinking? I have, but uh, <laughs> your you're commanding there. officer. <laughs> Tommy back there says. Uh, told me to get the hell out of the lot. <laughs> so that's why I'm on the roads, officer. Just, They're probably like, that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Just doing what I was told. The car was in better shape. That's hilarious. Different license plate completely. Anyway, this is this close <laughs> enough, right? This is so yeah. good. Wow, they were they were shaved uh, twenty thousand miles off it too. <laughs> they were pulling stuff out of my trunk, like uh, apparently they were using it to rob construction sites. So they pulled out like a jackhammer and like a sledgehammer and all this stuff. And these guys are they're not detectives, but they know that that's not my stuff. But then they were like pulled out a, a, a racquetball racket, and they were like, "This is yours, isn't it, Mister Joy?" But yeah, yeah. That's funny, Sean. You said you you think that you think public drunkenness is a cheap crime to get pulled over to get thrown in jail for. I think if you're just walking and looking drunk, yeah. you're not raising any problems. Let let you know. I I believe in what I'd call like a the barn cat theory of mm -hmm. getting home. You know, some right. people just walk different routes. You just got to let them. They'll get home. They'll eventually. get home. They'll eventually. They'll get home. I now, if you're vandalizing theory. things or menacing yeah. people, then. Sure. I think it's just kind of an interaction, how they're feeling. It's kind of like um, in football, calling holding on an offensive lineman. You could call it every play <laughs> if you wanted to. Yeah. But just let some of this go. You know what I mean? Like if, it, if it's egregious, sure. Yeah. Well, we'll have to throw out a flag. If it, if it directly resulted in someone, in someone else's um, misfall or whatever, or fortune, 
But like you could call public drunkenness pretty much on anyone. Uh, almost at, at every times. pedestrian in Chicago after <laughs> right. 10 p.m. You could probably call it on. So down in Alabama, they called it and they threw you in the cell. And then you went in the cell. You had a fun, hilarious night in there in Alabama. So how many were in there? Like twelve to thirteen people. You said. I'd say so. If you remember. Yeah, there was people like in and out, but yeah. I mean, it was Halloween weekend, right? I mean, that's got to be a big night for them. You know, I mean, there was only the one guy who came in wearing the dress and the black face. Tina Turner. That, that was right. the only uh, dress-up person. But uh, I guess it was. And, and you, I don't know. I, I, bet, I bet there was a lot. I bet there was a lot of Ike Turners in there as well, but not, but not <laughs> I, dressed up. I can't remember if you in this version that we used. I can't remember if you you reference this or not. But uh, didn't this debacle start with you accusing your girlfriend of not? Thinking 9-11 was a big deal. Yes, that was yeah. a good story as well. Yeah, not, not, big was, uh, not big enough. Not big enough concern. How did that? Seen. How did that? Like, so how did you that had to it. probably call her after spending a night in jail? Like, how did you smooth that all over? Well, that was after a night at Cheap Shots Bar, right? The gin and tonic special, <laughs> if I that's recall. Right. Cheap Shots, that's right? Yeah, uh, she left me at shout the bar, out, and then, uh, when I got shots, out of jail, it was like um, I knew that I was like in trouble, but I, I didn't really know what I had said. So she told me, she was like, yeah, you told me that 9-11, you thought that I wasn't taking 9-11 seriously enough. And I was like, whoa, I was like out of my nut, man. That's pretty crazy. So, <laughs> Put me back in jail. Yeah. I have to yeah. face this. Yeah. It's the old Irish thing where guys would get arrested on purpose and they don't have to deal with their wife. It <laughs> seems like every Irish story ends like that. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm much safer in here, laddie. Put me back in. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, well, um, you know, it, if you don't mind me leading you for a little bit, but, uh, you know, I love your story about because you hang out with a lot of maniacs. It's one of the reasons why you always have these great stories. It's one of the reasons why you're a great uh, co-producer at our live show. In fact, you're hosting the show tonight. Um, tell CJ that story about and, and Alice is a very gracious host. He's always inviting people over. You had a scheduling error. Where you invited friends from Ireland over at the same time as friends from the mountains of North Carolina? How did that work out? <laughs> yeah, exactly well, uh, when, when my brother and I, <laughs> when we first moved here, we were very excited to be in Chicago. Like we knew it was going to be awesome, but we didn't know how great it was going to be. So when we would go to North Carolina, you know, for the holidays or whatever, we would just get drunk and invite people to Chicago. And so this married couple <laughs> plus some other dude who I didn't know, I've never seen him since. I don't know if he was a ghost or what, but the, the three of them, they showed up the exact afternoon that these three dudes from Ireland showed up, a buddy of ours, and then his brother, and then this other Irish guy. So we were just like, oh, dude, you know, what What have we done to ourselves? What do we do with all these people? And are they going to get along? People from the mountains of North Carolina and people from Cork City, Ireland. They got along great. Mm. That was good news. We went to... Uh, <laughs> Johnny O'Hagan's, and we drank for like six hours. Then we went to Big City Tap. Um, quick meet, greet, quick meet and greet tour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get to know each other with a nine-hour drinking session. Here's the here's the sights. Yeah, um, one of the uh, the Irish guys uh, was urinating on the outside of Big City Tap um, on the wall because the bathroom line was uh, too long, and these two lady police officers pull up. He's caught red-handed. And uh, they're just like, okay, let me see some identification. So he gives them his Irish passport. And uh, they're just like, well, did, they let, did they let you take a piss in the street in Ireland? <laughs> and he, he was from like rural County Cork. He's like, where, where, where I'm from, you know, some of the roads are just kind of like dirt and stone. And I don't think the, I don't think the cops really care. And she's like, just get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish I thought of that. I, I also, I, I also did one of those in Chicago where I did a public urination. Just because the line to the bathroom was too long, yeah. Cops pulled up, but if I, I should have just faked an Irish accent. Right should have. Like, <laughs> that could have worked. That can get you. That can get you out of a lot of places in Chicago. A good, old, an authentic <laughs> Irish accent. <laughs> that's amazing. I want to talk about real quick. Speaking of going to the bathroom, I mean that's the center part of your story in the Alabama Slamish story. You using the bathroom, to the, the, the not bathroom, the toilet in the middle of the prison <laughs> oh cell. Oh, my God. No bathroom. Um, in front of these 13 inmates, having to grab the toilet paper yeah. pillow off the, uh, off the big uh, scary guy. Mm -hmm. And is there, what are the other inmates doing at that time? Are they heckling? Or are, they, are, they, are they as in shock as the uh, corrections officer was when she said she's never seen anyone do that in seven years? 
You know, the way I remember, most of them were just asleep, but some of them were awake <laughs> mm-hmm. and watching and just like looking at me like, what the hell is going on? And I'm like, <laughs> you know. And uh, one guy did wake up another guy, and just just like, hey, there's a show happening, right? You know, take a look at this. You're not gonna you're not gonna want to miss this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there was a. I mean, was a good is that even hooked up to anything? Does it flush? I feel like it's like a, like a bus bathroom or something. You just have to empty it out somewhere, Dave Matthews Band style. Yeah, it was. It just is amazing. A, like the way yeah. we treat criminals in this country, like, it's, it's almost like that had to be designed by an asshole sheriff, right? At first, <laughs> you know, and he's like, "Oh, and the coup de grace." <laughs> That's where I make people, my, Fifty yeah. people in this pen, <laughs> one toilet, no doors. <laughs> and it's going to be. Yes, it'll also be their sink and where they and where they make their wine. But they will have to use it all, and they'll have to share. <laughs> So, so, so they must have been pretty happy, not or not happy when you had to come back. So you were released. Okay, you're out of here. Then they made you blow in a breathalyzer, still drunk. Yes. Then you go, oh boy, here comes the return of the shitter. <laughs> here comes me, and I'm wearing like dress socks, khakis, a Chicago Fire Department sweatshirt. Like I'm already kind of an oddity in there, even with the guy wearing the black face and the dress. People were just right. looking at me like. There were some other, like, drunk, what I would say, kind of frat boy-looking dudes in there, but mm-hmm. uh, they weren't wearing dress socks like me, so I, d- I did get attention. <laughs> and I did want attention. How- I just wanted to be under the radar. How long were you in there still where you still uh, um, blew something over the, over the limit when you were releasing? Six hours. I was so in you there were there in six hours, still drunk, and then you had to do six uh-huh. more hours. That's, that's how they do it, increments in six hours. That's it, yeah. Yeah. So I must have been. Totally there's no wasted. way to speed that up either. I can't believe they make you breathalyze. You would think there'd be like, um, like you could opt for a, um, like a like a road test. Like, can I just show you that I behave sober yeah. right. to leave? Like, like I, you know, breathalyzing. Like, you can't. You they can't just want to make sure you aren't drunker that. than when you came in. Like, what did you find? Did you find something in there? Was there a... <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, I mean, it uh, it freaked me out because, I mean, I felt completely sober for maybe the three hours leading up to the breathalyzer. I was like, there's no way I'm drunk, but then I'm still drunk. Yeah. I would always think that would be, like, potentially, uh, the I don't know if scary is the right word, but, like, the most eye-opening thing of, like, if I ever breathalyzed is what I'm actually at versus what I think I'm at. Mm. And I'm sure I'm much higher than what I think I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When when you did leave, did you have to take a Bill's taxi out of there? How'd you get out of there? (laughs) Hey, Bill, remember you were supposed to pick me up 12 hours ago? (laughs) Anyway, you really really fucked me, Bill. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going to need that ride, asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Bill, it's good to see you, but what the fuck, man? Um, <laughs> that was uh, a couple of roommates of mine from New Jersey uh, picked me up, and um, they, you know, they they were like, I, I said, what, what has happened since I was in jail for the past yeah. twelve hours? And they said, we're, like we're, you've been in there for fifteen years or something right. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Nine eleven, nine eleven happened. Uh, Alabama <laughs> won the Iron Bowl. Uh, all kinds of. <laughs> <laughs> Your girlfriend's super pissed. Yeah, yeah, she's angry. That bartender still wants you out of that bar. That that was actually my low key favorite part of the story. When it was just you and the bartender after your girlfriend left. The one on one because I love the one on one drink with the bartender. Then the bartender decides, okay, you got to go, buddy. I can't even handle a conversation with you. I see where this is going. Yeah, now we're done. Just me and you. And I and I work here and I want to make money. (laughs) Yeah, I can't leave, so you got to go. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Alex, it was great for you joining us. That was a great story, the Alabama Slammer. Um, is there anything you want to plug or tell the world about here of our drinking tales of where you're going to be drinking or performing or doing anything in life? Just keep tuning into the old Blackout Diaries. It's, uh, yeah, it's the best course. show in town. And uh, also, because this will, will probably air before that, and if not, maybe you'll hear clips from it afterwards if it airs uh, later, but Alex is going to be recording a longer set at the Blackout Diaries, is it Friday, July 8th at the Lincoln Lodge? Is that correct, Alex? That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. So um, if you're in the Chicagoland area, stop by for that. That's going to be a really hilarious show. <laughs> Sean, right, you guys. know this is not going to air before July 8th. 
<laughs> oh, that's right. It can't. I forgot. That's what I love about this might happen. Are you crazy? <laughs> I was getting we're Bastille's Day mixed up. We're not even, we're not even launching our up. first show until after July 8th. We just I got Bastille's it. Day mixed up. <laughs> he did have Bastille's Day. That was, a big, that was a big thing of the launch. All right. Anyway, Alex, we'll get over that later. Thank you for joining us. That was amazing. The Alabama Slammer. Check him out the Black Thanks, Diaries. Okay, Alex, see ya. And we're back at the Blackout Diaries, Sean Flannery and C.J. Sullivan. Uh, once again, that was Alex Joyce, who just left the studio. Hilarious Alex Joyce. You can see him at our live show almost every week, 10 p.m. at the yeah. Lincoln Lodge on Fridays. Quiet and- quiet drinker Alex Joyce. We never mentioned that. He's known for being very quiet. If you go hang out with him, like he doesn't say a yes. word. Yes, and then like, and then when he does say it, he's kind of like that old joke. We shut up, please. You know, like his. his <laughs> just recently, I was when I was back in Chicago, when we all went drinking. I don't drink anymore, but like we were hanging out, and uh, TJ was with us too, and he doesn't say a word all night. We're at Galway Bay. And yeah, Alex go, is totally silent. Totally silent. Doesn't say one word. We're all talking, doing the whole thing, you know, doing our bits and whatever. And then we get out to. Um, <laughs> it was cold. It was in the winter time. And we're like, well, let's go in this. While we wait for our car, for the Uber to come, let's go inside Yaxi's, which is not even called Yaxi's anymore, next door, whatever. Like, you know, that's what you have to do. You have to, you have to protect yourself bar to get, bar while you yep. wait for rides home. Get out of the elements. Winter. Have a quick nightcap. Exactly. And uh, I don't know what the sentence, his first sentence of the night was, but it was enough where the bouncer was like, yeah, you can't come in here. You, you are hammered. I <laughs> <laughs> got 86. He doesn't say one word. And the one word he does say... <laughs> Get some cut off. Like, yeah, that's what I get for talking so yep. much. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway. Oh man. Well, uh, great, great prison story from him. I never knew that. One. <laughs> it is, and I, I love this theme of of, of prisons because you don't you don't run into a, a, a lot of people that have funny prison stories. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, you, however, have one. You, you, your whole strategy. You, mm-hmm. I think you were originally pulled over for expired play. It was a whole gamut of licensing infractions. It was a lot. You hired your, if I, am I wrong, you hired your poker buddy yeah, to I fight had, this for the city. I had my old poker buddy as my lawyer. <laughs> In retrospect, not a good move. It was something that should not have landed me where it landed me. That's for sure. My, yeah. my, my, my crimes. <laughs> it was a lot of carrying over. <laughs> Eventually, I learned that uh, you say they just, you don't really say what you did. You got me, you know. They say, "Oh, you got me on some bullshit." But uh, so I met, so I'm, yeah, I met the co- and uh, my poker buddy, the lawyer, um, Paul Doyle. Shout out to him. He says, "All right, this should be no problem." It was a revoked license, kind of a thing. It was an expired license. Then it turned into a uh, wasn't even spent. It was like revoked. I don't know. It was a weird thing where it transferred over from state to state. Blah blah blah. But he's like, "No problem. We got this taken care of. This is a simple." <laughs> <laughs> it's a simple paperwork situation, basically. You know, just fudging the numbers. And then he goes in there. He goes, I want to negotiate. I know this prosecutor. And then uh, he goes, his final words to me before he goes into uh, whatever room he was into. Into the mahogany room where <laughs> justice is made. <laughs> where justice is made, where Chicago deals are made. He goes, we're going to call the city's bluff on this because <laughs> they, they're acting like they're going to come down hard. And he Everyone there. thinks that's going to work. They're like, this city's running out of money. they yeah. got a pension crisis. You think they can afford to prosecute this? The they last, can afford to do whatever they want. Right. He goes, the last thing they want to do is throw you in jail. <laughs> this is what they want to do. The way the numbers are there, trust me, that's uh, – it, it cripples them to do that. They can't do that. And uh, let me ask real quick, what is his uh, area of expertise? Is he a criminal lawyer? <laughs> is he a criminal lawyer? No, he's not a criminal lawyer. He doesn't do crime at all. I think he does elderly law. No, I don't know. He's, he's doing a little sure. bit of bluffing himself. Yeah, he does do a lot of bluffing. It's not as his expertise, but how, you know, he goes, he he, he knows the Chicago system where he's like, this, they're not going to put you in there. They're, they're too loaded with numbers. And what would they want a nice guy like you in there for? He comes back literally five minutes later. He goes, they, well, they called us. They called our bluff. <laughs> <laughs> or they you called them a snap I threw it out there they snap called and uh you got 30 days of swap and swap is uh, an acronym that stands for sheriff work alternative program which is the chain gang it's a chain you, gang you you we, like they make you guys you, you guys do jobs that no human would want to do like yeah, like you, freezing cold work mm-hmm. uh, you're cleaning cleaning up under the uh, train the L train tracks a lot a lot of that stuff a lot of 
you know, cleaning up the prisons and uh, bathrooms and like all all the city halls, all the cop stuff, like whatever. For thirty days, and you got to be like, like uh, over there at like six a.m. to report every yeah. day, right? And when I mean thirty days, I don't mean like yeah, thirty days. You have like you have like a couple months to do it, and you can't do it every day anyway. I don't think they allowed you to, and like they would only take a certain amount um, of people. And yes, this was during the polar vortex winter. <laughs> Where there was a lot of shoveling and a lot of just this a lot of a lot of sh- Chicago needed a lot of maintenance. <laughs> just because, it's amazing how much you get, um, how much they get done in that. So like so you'd show up. I always go down to Hotel California, which is twenty six in California, where the big um, courthouse is. I know. Yeah, I've done jury duty there. Yeah, yeah. A, that's where. That's, that's where a I, terrible place. Terrible, <laughs> terrible place. And that's and that, that was another. Uh, p- Poker lawyer buddy who <laughs> told me because you had to, you, you had your choice of which one you want to go to you know yeah and, and technically that was the closest one to me but in retrospect it's not where I wanted to be for assignments <laughs> I could have been way up north because ah you want to go way up north you know you got to see who knows how you're getting up there you know trust me here it's all <laughs> there'll be there'll be so many numbers they won't even know what to do with you they they know exactly <laughs> what to do with you. I had to take like two different trains and a bus over there every every day, like a five. That's in terrible. The morning, like yeah, I've been there. Five in the morning, whatever to get there. You had to get, you had to be there. I think you had to be there by six. And if you weren't there, I mean, they would. And you had to be there early. It started at six. You had to be there early because if they hit a certain capacity, like a hundred people, they would turn you away. And there was nothing worse than going down there and not being. So it wouldn't count down. against your numbers. So you're, you you still got thirty more days. You got exactly. There's a lot of people that would get turned around, turned uh, turned away at the door. Turn yeah. away at the gate for whatever. <laughs> You're not had. fit to work today. Yeah, you people are hiding cell phones in their sandwiches, going, going through security. Uh, one guy showed up drunk. I remember, uh, probably from the night before. There was a lot of people out from the night before, obviously. And uh, the guy's like, "Yeah, you got to go. You can't. You're too drunk." And the guy's like, "What? Oh, come on! I can, you're drunk." He goes, "All right." Then he, he tries. Once he realizes he's going to be sent home, and this is all for not. He goes, "All right, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll admit." <laughs> I did drink off property beforehand before I got here. <laughs> so that's fine, right? I drank off property. It's not on your hands. It wasn't on the, in the jail cell or, or uh, the courthouse yard. I'm like, yeah, off no, it doesn't property. matter. You still have to go. And, then he, and as they're kicking him out, he's just screaming, off property. <laughs> off property was his big defense. <laughs> like, so that did not matter. So, yeah, so we, so we did a swap. I remember the first day of swap. Um, we didn't. We would go to some of the worst neighborhoods. Like, like, and I was about. Um, I, I, I only say this because it's it's, it's vital to a lot of the stories. I was about out of the hundred hundred people every day that went. I was maybe one of four white people, okay. and I say that because it's important. It's it's important for some of the part of the story. So we would go to some bad neighborhoods where they were like, Jesus Christ, or what's the point of cleaning this up? Like, it's going to be the same every day, you know. And so we were landscaping, like just picking all this shit up in these fucking words, and like. And it was just so endless. And I'm like, man, God, we got we to gotta do all this shit today? And I remember a guy, the guy who was next to me was like, uh, no, man, we just got to do this shit all day. So, don't, <laughs> so it's like slowly. Like, yeah, you gotta like you gotta, you're not looking at it. It's almost like right. a Zen uh, insight. Yeah, you. yeah. I'm like, okay, all right. That's fair enough. You know, and he was, and he was right. Mm-hmm. And then, he, then you get into like the what you do a lot of that, that, that's basically the only sort of what are you in for? What, yeah, what, sure. you, you know, what are you in for? Mm-hmm. And you realize eventually that it's no one, everyone's in for the same thing. They caught me on some bullshit, is what they say. <laughs> but to me, they're like, What are you in for? Traffic? Would you get in a hockey fight or something? I mean, <laughs> they were pretty funny. Tax violations? Yeah, they, exactly. I, I'll admit, they were, they were very funny. <laughs> like, nah, nah, man, they caught me on some bullshit. Yeah, that's what they got me on. <laughs> That's what they say got me on. Then they tell you some story that's not bullshit at all. But <laughs> one guy had a hilarious story. He goes, uh, "Man, they call me on some. Oh, they call me on some bullshit too." And then people are just huddling up. He goes, "Man, they got me for fighting in the Apple Store." I go, really? Yeah. He goes, "You know the Apple Store." So I'm down and I'm in the Apple Store, minding my business, looking for a phone. Anytime it starts off with minding my business too, it's yeah. a, usually kind of a red flag. But anyway, he's, he's minding my business in the Apple Store downtown. He's like, "Then one of them flash mobs come in." You know, flash mob, they start robbing everything. You know, those young kids, they come running in and running. But Apple, they don't play. They shut the windows and the doors down and locked everyone inside. Then everyone started fighting because they didn't know what was going on. So everyone started fighting. He goes, shit, I got to fight too. I knocked one of them young motherfuckers out. It's like, then the cops come in and they start asking questions and they put me with the group like I was with the flash mob. I was like, no, man, I was, you know, I was helping the store out. 
go, and I go, he goes, but they're like, no, no, the rest of them go, check the tape. And they go, we don't have tape. He goes, you motherfuckers are Apple. You invented the tape. <laughs> He's right. I believe I, him. I 100% agree. I'm like, yeah, it is yeah. some bullshit. Apple that's didn't a guy, invent the tape. Yeah, that's a guy, if he had a lawyer, man. Uh-huh, right. Not your lawyer. Not my poker buddy, a, but. <laughs> if he had a lawyer, he wouldn't have been there. So that was uh, one of the great stories. We don't have tape. <laughs> I know. I did uh, throw the race ticket there because as being a white guy, um, occasionally we'd go up north side where I would live, and I'd have to definitely put my head down. They, they were all hilarious. They, they thought anything north of the loop was Boys Town, by the way. We're in Boys Town, huh? This is your part of the neighborhood, huh, white boy? You know, and like, I don't know, whatever. So um, we'd be driving in a van back. Because you, 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 even if it was... Uh, you know, we leave 26 in California, come up, go wherever we went today, and then come back. On the way back, it was one time we were up north. We were going down Lakeshore Drive, and we passed uh, Navy Pier and the Ferris wheel, you know, and they start talking, and they're, uh, <laughs> they're rapping, and then they were getting arguing, and I would always be their Google for them. I would be like their... their no, no one's got a cell phone. Right. No, no one's got any phones. Phone You're not allowed to have any phones, so you just have to good old... Kind of the way we like it. Good old-fashioned arguing, debate, debate your yep. way through, you know? Yeah. And so I would be, I would have to settle the score as like they're <laughs> just source. when they got into factual arguments. Factual arguments like this one, which I always remember, which is hilarious to me. They we, we passed Navy Pier and he goes, "Man, look at that Ferris wheel, you know? You know, if you go to the top of that Ferris wheel, he's like, you can see New York. And the guy, you can see New York from the top of that Ferris wheel. And he's like, man, what are you talking about? You can't see the Ferris. You can see Detroit though. You can the other guy." Argues that you can't see New York. The more reasonable guy is saying you can see Detroit. More reasonable says you can see Detroit. So then they okay. start arguing if you're on the top of this Ferris wheel on Navy Pier, can you see Detroit or New York? <laughs> like, no, man, I'm telling you, Detroit, nah, New York, whatever. Like, all right, my boy, tell him, tell him. They start to go, all right, tell, settle this. You know, and I just had my head down, like, what? I mean, are you asking me if you can see either New York or Detroit from on top of that Ferris? But like, you, can't, you can't see either. You can only see, you know, you can see waters like, You'd have to be on the moon, maybe, I guess, to see fucking Detroit. Yeah. And they and it was great. They both, you know, they both thought I was gonna like decide for one or the other. Yeah. So they both stayed on the same side against me. And they just go, Man, you never been nowhere before. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck do you know? All right, all right, that is one way to to argue. I mean, I can't I mean, in their defense, you probably haven't been to the top of that Ferris I'm, wheel. What I'm do you not, know what you're talking I'm about? I've not been to the top of that Ferris wheel, which is no longer do. I have been to Detroit and New York, and I haven't looked back, so <laughs> maybe they are right. I don't know what I know. But the grand story I know we gotta get to. Um and then we gotta get to the great Adam Burke uh Yeah. Tale after this, we were talking about how there was a lot of snowing and shoveling. Yes. And after a while, 30 days, by the way, we were saying with the bad, like when they heard I got 30 days, they would say, well, man, did you kill somebody? What? How did you even get 30 days? You know, like I got drug dealers. Like, nah, just a poker buddy for a lawyer. You know, like 30 <laughs> days is a lot for Really bad time. advice. Yeah. <laughs> 30 days is a lot. Um, so, after being a veteran, like, because usually people are like five, ten, blah, blah, blah. So after, like, like when I was in my 20s in these days, like, logging them in, like, they get to know you and, like, they give you the sweet gigs, like the car wash inside, the mm -hmm. DOC, all, anything inside the prisons is good because you're inside. You're not outside yeah. where it's, it's free. Especially that time of year, yeah, you don't want to This was be January, February. This was Polar Vortex, yeah. uh, Chicago, 2014. Who knows when this was? And, um... <laughs> and, uh, but occasionally, if it was a hard crush snow, snowfall, Everyone was shoveling. That was it. There was no choice. Right. You know, you, no matter what your your ranking was, everyone had to chip in for this. Yeah. So we go out there and we're shoveling. Um, we're shoveling all the crosswalks on the south side over ninety ninety four, the Eden's Expressway, the, the, yeah. the busiest. Which is uh, just for listeners who have never been in Chicago, it is, I believe, a fifteen lane highway. Yes. I think it is actually the widest highway in the world. Absolutely, so this is, millions of people travel on this every day. The L, our train system is right in the middle of it. Major, major traffic corridor. Yes, and you have to get through there to cross the country. It's like the O'Hare mm -hmm. of highways, or whatever. So it works, and there's walkways to go over them every four blocks or so. Thirty first, thirty fifth, twenty third, whatever. So we're shoveling. So we're we're on that. We're out there shoveling. It's ice seven, uh, probably from seven a.m. We start out there. We're shoveling. It's Ninety of us, you know, um, all in there shoveling and. Uh, Martinez was the one CEO. I remember being a jerk. He was, he was the one you, you always hated. He would, he'd send you home real quick. Um, 
he would do uh whatever he's important because he comes in later so we're shoveling like you know make sure you have your gloves one guy one guy, one guy didn't have gloves he asked if he could borrow one of mine like he goes do you need both those gloves I'm like yeah i need both those <laughs> <laughs> gloves and then he gets angry at me we need both those gloves for i'm not one hand <laughs> right because i have yeah i'm not fucking luke skywalker here. <laughs> so uh <laughs> so we're shoveling um you know, we shovel 8th Street crossover, whatever, 11th, blah, blah, blah. Then we get all, all the way up to, it's about, now this is about 11 in the morning. So about four hours of shoveling. We're on uh, 31st Street, I think, crossover bridge. So we worked our way up. Right by it. the White Sox Stadium almost. Yeah. Yes. The White Sox Comiskey is at, or USL. It's 35th, at, uh, I think. But 35th, yeah. yep, 35th and Sox. So we were around 28th, 31st. This is around 11 in the morning, four hours of shoveling. We're all shoveling. Next you know, we hear this huge noise coming by, and there's a car Flying down, uh, whatever east southbound on the highway with like four cop cars chasing. It was like police chase of cop mm-hmm. car, and uh, it's we see, see it like way down the road. Come on, come on. Next thing you know, there's no traffic on the roads at all, and all the and we're looking at all the entrances to get on to 9094 is closed off by cops. They've all been shut down by cops. All been shut down by cops. There's a helicopter yeah. coming out now, and now the the cars. This is like a Bonnie and Clyde major chase. <laughs> yes, and cars are and now cop cars are coming on every off ramp like Blues Brothers style, just more pouring on, you know, pouring, pouring yeah. on, and we're like, holy shit! So everyone stops shoveling, like ninety of us up there, and we got our face in, and this cop car and this car comes right underneath us. And flies the other way. All the cops, 50 cop cars are chasing them, helicopters, blah, 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 going down. I'm like, oh, my God, look at that. And then we, we go to the other side. We see it. It goes all the way back down to almost near downtown. Does a U-turn and comes back towards us. Then you, So now it's going the wrong way, up 90-94. Yes, now it's, doing, yeah. now it's doing the wrong way. And it came, or I think it was doing the right way because that was so cross. I think he realized both, lane, both sides are oh, okay. closed off now. He's like, I'm not going downtown. So he throws a U-turn. Now he's coming back at us, and uh, we're like, "Oh man, this is!" <laughs> it's amazing watching like forty cop cars throw U turns too, like the Blues Brothers, like <laughs> you know. But they're all flooding in, flooding in. So now it's getting it's getting really exciting, and now we're like up against the field. It's like the OJ chase at this point. We're like, like yeah. uh, we're up on the, on the fence, you know, like come on, rooting, rooting for him. Yeah, of course. Though, uh, <laughs> not that I was rooting for the cops, but I did I did have like a. I did have a feeling like it was going to go bad. I'm like, I kind of like, kind of like if I'm at a, a, a game and I, and I bet against the home team, you got to quietly cheer for like the other team, you know, whatever, yeah. nobody score. So, anyways, this cop's coming underneath, the guy's getting chased, and these four cop cars, they come flying underneath us. They box him into the right lane where like, they surround him. And I'm not, I'm not lying, they don't do a pit maneuver or anything like that. This guy, this cop car comes out and just shoots this car out of, out of the driver's side and like, Barely even, not even like blowing out the tires. Like just shoots into the car, basically, yeah. and fuck the, trying to kill the guy. Yeah, trying to fucking kill the guy. Yeah. it was unbelievable. And the car veered off into the 35th Street uh, ramp where U.S. Cellular is, where the White Sox play. And there's snow everywhere. It goes off a snowbank, flips over, like into like onto its roof, c- crashes onto its roof. Flames come up. You know, We're like oh my god, it was this huge fucking thing, right? And then. Uh, Martinez, that prick CEO, like we're all like we were all like shocked. He goes, "All right, get back, get back to shoveling. There's nothing to see here." I'm like, <laughs> "Nothing to see here." It's <laughs> just a fucking. It was a Michael Bay movie I just saw. What do you mean nothing to see here? It was amazing. You are never going to see anything that interesting in your life again. <laughs> <laughs> that that was funny too. Then then afterwards we discussed. I try. I kind of try to do a joke with the. Like, I'm friends with some, not friends with me, you know, friendly with some of the guys I was shoveling with. I'm like, ah, well, at least the cops got their man, huh? You know, I kind of <laughs> I really did not check the temperature right of the uh, situation. Like, what? What the fuck would you, you know, uh, you wouldn't know anything about that. That's what we go through every day, you know? And I, that's why I was like, all right, relax. Like, like, I admit, we have way different relationships with the police growing up. I understand yeah. as a white guy, trust, I'm not debating that at all, but you do not go through that every day. They just shut off the busiest highway in the country at 11 in the morning on a Tuesday and shot them out of the sky in one of those pyrotechnics explosions. That doesn't happen every fucking day. Like, ah, well, you wouldn't know, you know. So <laughs> I wound up, up having to sit on the milk crate on the way back for that, for, for that, for that joke. <laughs> for choosing yeah. the wrong team. Absolutely. Oh, that's hilarious. I remember that chase. Uh, yeah. 
I think they they were murder suspects. Well, yeah, they got apparently apparently they got pulled over in Bucktown earlier, and they shot, and then when the cop came, they shot at the cop. I think they, they shot at the police. That's I think exactly they shot right. the cop. So once that happens, well, no, I saw this. I saw a similar thing that happened uh, where I live off uh, the Austin Blue Line, where it was like a Blues Brother esque mm-hmm. convoy of police officers, right? And it was after one car. Uh, it ran into the like the ramp. Um, leading to the train, and then like the suspects got out. I didn't see the the, the crash, but they ran onto the trains. But um, it was because the, these guys shot at a cop too. Yeah, that's what and, happened. But I'm always like, how can it actually help the safety of the police officers <laughs> to just so- have 300 random cars <laughs> coming at it like yeah. a flock of geese, each one like with guns? And, yeah, they're not and looking the, for safety. It's just pure. Yeah, they, they all just want to get in on <laughs> the action. There's no revenge. way. There's no way that's the best way to catch the person. And I remember the interview. Like I watched the five o'clock news, obviously. Oh my god, to see about this story that I just witnessed live. Oh, yeah, of course, it, it was on World News. Yeah, and McCarthy, I think, was the. Uh, Chief of police, the police back captain? then, yeah, yeah I remember police him. captain. He was a hilarious Chicago, just Irish accent. He's like, yeah, and he's he's doing the interview with all these news people around him. The, the cop, the car is still in flames behind him. It was an amazing scene. He's like, well, what do you guys have to do that for? He goes, he goes, he shot a cop. What do you think is going to happen? Because this is this is how this ends. You shoot a cop, you're either going to die or you're going to or you're going to shot at. Well, but you know, we'll shut down the city, right? There's do whatever only, we got to. There's only two ways this goes. <laughs> like, he was I shut so down f- both airports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was just so fucking blase about it. Oh man! Anyway, that is the uh, that's some swap stories. I actually have a ton of more. We'll get into that, but some other episode. We don't have enough time right now because now we have a, a great way to finish this story, uh, this episode of prison yeah. We've been uh, talking about prisons, and you and I, uh, mm-hmm. when we were in Ireland, our dear friend Adam Burke unveiled mm-hmm. an amazing story to us that Incredible. he had somehow never mentioned in our decades-long friendship with him. Mm-hmm. That his old man actually did some time. In an Australian prison. Yes. Which I think we were talking about countries where you don't want to be at. I think Australia might be at the top of the list where if you got to do time. If you're going <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, where you want to do it. <laughs> Tell you, I wouldn't recommend it, but if you're there, you know, it's not a bad stint. If you want to do a stint, extend your stay a bit, go ahead and get a, go again, get arrested in Australia. It's a fun prison. And this story makes me doubly confident that's the country you want to do it in. Let's listen to Adam Burke right here on the Blackout Diaries. So in the mid-1970s, um, before I was born, um, my parents were living in Australia, in Western Australia. Um, and my dad was uh, had a construction firm, and he was uh, doing pretty well out there. But he was, uh, he was with a bunch of Irish that were living in the West of Australia, people he would go out drinking with. And I guess one time... Uh, there was some sort of altercation, there was some sort of issue with some guy, and whatever happened, basically someone wound up in the hospital, and uh, one of the one of the main guys involved in the altercation, one of my dad's mates, I guess he kind of disappeared, so the uh, local police, I think this is in a place called Waverley uh, in Western Australia, uh, they arrested dad for it, and they were like, we're going to have to hold you uh, while we investigate this and figure out what happened. Um, so the way I'd always told, uh, the way I had always heard this story, uh, was that my dad was in jail in Western Australia, and that because he had a construction firm, uh, and think it was the '70s, and it was basically the wild, wild west out there, I'd heard that they would let him out on Saturdays to like take care of business and pay checks, and all that kind of thing. And then one Saturday he went out. Uh, and he had like, you know, he had a guard with him, escort him, and he went out to the bank, and while he was done with the bank, the guard was like, hey, uh, Tom, that was my dad's name, would you mind if I popped into this pub real quick and see a man about a dog? So the way that I heard the story was that uh, the guard goes into the bar um, and uh, uh, starts to have a couple of drinks, and then cut forward to uh, eight hours later, uh, there's a knock on the door of the prison. And the guy inside is like, who is it? And my dad's like, oh, oh it's Tom. Um, uh, can you let me back in? I'm supposed to be incarcerated here. Uh, and they're like, well, where's, where's the guard? And he's like, oh, oh, he's here. My dad had him, like, was holding him up uh, unconscious. <laughs> they let him in. So I asked my mom about this story, um, if I'd gotten it right. And the truth is almost funnier where he, he wasn't in jail, but he was in the local police station. They were just kind of holding him. They had to hold him. Um, 
but he hasn't he hadn't been tried or anything like that. So they just kept him uh, in the police station. Apparently, he was there for a month. And my mother used to drive by with my infant brother, and uh, she would wave at the police station. And uh, I asked, "Well, is it true that?" Um, you know, one time his guard got drunk and he had to take him back. And she was like, no, it's true, only it happened, like, every Saturday. Um, <laughs> they would take him out. And apparently, like, uh, my, they would let him out on these kind of, um, on these errands visits. And he would go and see my mom. And then, like, he would always have to cut it short. And he's like, oh, I have to go get the cops out of the pub. Otherwise, we'll never get So he would, like, essentially drive them back to the police station. Um and I was kind of, I was like, really? And she was like, yeah, I think the, and she was like, I think the, one of the detectives investigating him, um, uh, had a birthday party and he was like at it or something while he was supposed to be in romance. Anyway, uh, I always like that story because I mean, I don't know what the definition of good behavior is, but it's gotta be that. All right. That was Adam Burke with a hilarious story about his dad. It's <laughs> amazing. And the amazing Delightful Australian prison system. Basically. <laughs> I mean, talk about good behavior I mean, all around, <laughs> top to bottom, just exemplary behavior on uh, everyone's part. Yeah, we are definitely, and we all getting released today on good behavior. That was it. That was. That's going to wrap up our episode here of the Blackout Diaries. I'm CJ Sullivan. You can follow me on Instagram. CJ Sullivan was taken. Sean Flannery. Sean Flannery. I see you getting back on Instagram a little recently. A little bit. I got a book coming out. Um, So if you're listening to that, look for the book. It's called Places I Can't Return To, and um, that will be out very soon. That's out now. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to go ahead and predict when this episode is out, that book is out. Let's say that. I, well, I'm, I'm waiting on the audio book. If that audio engineer doesn't get it done, we're going to have to start talking prison you've been, there. You've been teasing us by pu- publishing reviews, but yet not a link to get the book. Like, uh, this, if, build when, interest. You, when you do get it, this is what people are going to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that strategy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Alex Joyce and, uh, and Adam Burke and Sean Flannery, CJ Sullivan. That's Blackout Diaries. And do we have, do we have a saying to we get out of here? Uh, just come to the live show every Friday in Chicago, 10 yes. p.m. at the Lincoln Lodge. At the Lincoln Lodge. L.A. show coming soon. Good night. A podcast network.